Welcome back to We Are Live, live from St. Louis, Missouri. Grand Center at the Midcoast Studio, midcoast.media for more information. You can also check out weareliveradio.com for podcasts. If you haven't subscribed, if you watch on uh, the stream, still helps us. If you subscri subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, rate and review us while you're there. Travis is in New York working at the uh, Sesame Street Fellowship. I'm here. Gardner's here. Big thanks to John Beebe from uh, By Jack for hanging out in the first hour. Intern Tommy out today. He is uh, digitally uh, checked in. We're giving away this t-shirt if you're watching. It's a uh, blues t-shirt if you just share the stream today. So hit share. You're entered to win a shirt. It's uh, the one-note shirt from By Jack. You can support your favorite local professional hockey team from right here in St. Louis. Travis, I know you're a big pole fan, right? I like when things are on a pole, specifically butt-naked women. Hmm. We had a poll and yesterday. Pride month, and because it's Pride Month, but naked men too. Thank mm -hmm. you. Needed to be said. Uh, Gardner, we had a poll for the Melee yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, what was the question? What are the results? Speaking of Pride Month, it is Pride Month, Travis. And uh, the folks in uh, Boston, not the folks, I should say a certain group. Three people. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know who follows them, but they were... Uh, Trying to get a straight pride parade going. Dun, dun, dun. That was the subject. How, of how soon before Portnoy and the boys at Barstool jump on this? <laughs> Fair question. Straight pride is for the boys. So uh, <laughs> we're trying to get that parade going uh, sometime in August. So I wanted to ask a particular question involving that and another potential parade. That being... In 2019, is the city of Boston more likely to host a Stanley Cup parade or straight pride parade? That was the mm. question. And with 83% straight pride, straight pride takes it. 17% for Stanley Cup. It looks like uh, a lot of, uh, since Stanley Cup didn't get a lot of love, a lot of Blues fans maybe voting, hoping. I don't know. We're big in Boston. Some Bluesers that just got back from Tuscany, perhaps mm -hmm. voting in there as well. So. <laughs> Uh, but 83%. I will say, I think the best response I saw in regards to that, uh, someone said, straight pride. Isn't that just traffic? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Don't you yeah. dare appropriate that. That's right. Just dare appropriate traffic. No, you can have it. You can have it, Travis. Certainly. No, it I, is it, very it's weird seeing these guys do like, I mean, maybe they're trolling. Maybe they're just doing it for attention. The straight pride knows, thing? But yeah. It's... It, I don't know if it's a troll or not. It could very well be real, but it is funny. Cool on one hand to see people be like, knock it off. Let's support the you know folks that we are supported for pride. But it is funny. You can throw a match into a billion gallon ocean and set it on fire. I think yeah. it's only funny. I think it's the thing is, I, I, I would think it's funny if you can do that to say, a large group of white men like so for example if we made fun of a large group of white men they would immediately get incredibly upset and become very sensitive and they would completely say no man you guys are going to are you guys always picking on white dudes man like you guys always are making us out to be the target but when they do it to another group it's oh man we're just playing along being silly and trolling it's so different so I think it would kind of maybe work if the people who often are the ones attempting to troll people I would were say capable white guys. of taking trolling back. 
I would say white guys are the literally the most made fun of group of people on, in this country. And the most sensitive people percent. on earth. And no doubt on the most I sensitive Stop making people. fun well, we of just, us then. We just saw a thing that like somebody, some moron in Boston said they're doing this. And now people are flipping out. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. Well, yeah, because when, you, when it's done, it's often done to mock. You know, it's when it's done, it's always at the expense of other people who actually have gone through genuine oppression. So that's why people flip out, because when someone makes fun of a white guy with khakis and a tiki torch, then you guys completely throw your hands. What do you No, Don't generalize. No, 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 no. no. So way to take 0.5 percent of idiots and then apply it to us. Um, well, I think, but I do believe you guys are the most sensitive in oh that if, oh. you, if, if you, if you guys get picked on for anything, like you guys are the first ones to like, look at Tucker Carlson, for example. How dare you? Yeah, How don't dare compare you? us to him, How though. How dare you? You That's, generalizing Yes, prick. you're stereotyping. <laughs> oh my You're yeah. everything you hate. Yeah. It just, it'll <laughs> you like doing it? Is that, maybe that's what you're like, oh, See, that's why then, they do it. This is fun. Yeah. And then now, he, now he realizes he's an, he's an absolute turd. And then he's, and then now is the part where Travis goes, aren't I a good troll, guys? Yeah. No, you're no, just but a you mean guys person. Are sensitive, man. It is, it's kind of funny what? sometimes. Like it's like for example, look at Portnoy the other night. Look at Portnoy the other night. No, stop. Wait, no, wait, hold stop, on, hold no. on, hold on, hold on, real quick. When you say you guys, who are you talking? Are you including me and Chris in this? Yeah. What a piece uh, of okay. shit. All right. That's what a, okay. Yeah. You know exactly. that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but I appreciate you yeah. trying to use an agenda, though. I yeah. I can appreciate I'll give you that. that. Yeah. That's I do have an agenda. I recognize that. Mm-hmm. So I, I will appreciate it and give you props for that. Mm. I just think it's inaccurate, and I feel like <laughs> pointing that out. You know what's not inaccurate? <laughs> Gateway Powder Coating's capabilities. That's right. They can whitewash anything. Oh. <laughs> Play games with me. Gatewaypowdercoat.com is your, uh, is your website you go to to check out the number one resource for powder coating in the Midwest. If you haven't gone yet, go check it out. You may not even know what powder coating is, but if you can paint something metal, you can powder coat it. Lasts longer, much more efficient, looks great. Great people that support us, so you support them. That's Gateway Powder Coating, fast, durable, and affordable. Check out Gateway All right, so if we did power rankings, if we did power rankings of the most sensitive people mm-hmm. in America... Who are the top three? Uh, people with um, poor teeth. Mm. Like how? I guess how are we the classifying British? them? Yeah, I was gonna say like uh, I know you're not big. Are you on trying to you just use skin colors? Like, are you trying? Is that what you're so trying? Wait, I'm wait, just wait, saying, just so even a group. Can, if there's a group, you can. So if I could, so how do we judge mm. it? We say we get one sentence to offend an entire group of people. Good luck, buddy. I'm like going to infuriate okay. two billion more people than you could even Number think one of. for me, then, would be black Twitter. Yeah. Okay. What's your two? What's your two and That's three? a race. Uh, black Twitter. Old, <laughs> Not black people. Just black Twitter. Old white guys, number two. <laughs> old white guys, number two. I like that one. Um, are we and even at third? a point, like, the evangelical, just evangelicals? Oh, yeah. Like, Can I bump them up to number one? I was going to say, too, because you can't even say right. Like, obviously... You go right if you're on one side of the evangelical spectrum, but then there are a lot of really sensitive evangelical, super hardcore Christian people that vote Democrat as well. I don't know about that. I do. Go to any black. Go to any. Democrat. Go to any black church. Yeah, I think that's percentage. Would you wise. disagree, Travis? 
I would say, but I don't know. Um, I don't know if I would align all black churches under the evangelical flag. Okay. Yeah, maybe I shouldn't use the term evangelical. I know. Super I don't even know. I, I see know what you're saying with yeah, that term. I understand, I understand what you mean with that. They would be at the top of my list. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I would put them at the top, like Gardner. I, you who you quickly want to move them up the power rankings. I'm with you there. I would. Mm-hmm. I would probably say that. Um, I was going to say, but then there's also the things where it's like, okay, if you say like one sentence to, I'm picturing like a rural dude who's mm-hmm. wearing a cowboy hat. He might like swing at you. You could also do that, like if you say there are certain like groups or ethnicities, like if you say something it's like you don't say that about their mother. <laughs> Or whatever, because in that culture, that results in immediate violence. So y- Yadier Molina, you don't last year. You don't mess with that. that. I, yeah. you I say would, that. I you would, would even say that, Travis. We said a little bit of that, and maybe this is an extreme case, but um, with and he's he's basically a Muslim monk. I don't I don't know the term. Excuse me, but like um, Khabib with Khabib and Connor, we saw a very amplified version of that where Connor says he's talking smack. Khabib says you've crossed a, a mortal line with me and you don't cross that line so that would be like that's an interesting filter to explore as well right well yeah i think if even if even if you flip that i think if it could be uh, spent time talking about connor's irish heritage and Mm -hmm. irish culture i think he would have been incredibly offended by uh, could be taking that tone he would be very sensitive to that so i i think sometimes I think, and I've said it before, I don't think that the most sensitive people on earth, but I do believe black people are very sensitive. But I think the reason for that is that they've had to be like, they, they've, <laughs> I'm not trying to, uh, you know, fly the flag and say, we, you know, we've had it the hardest of, of anybody on earth, but just considering what, you know, blacks, especially African-Americans have had to endure over decades you can understand why they are so sensitive but when it comes to groups currently i would say at the top of my list it's definitely the frat boy conservative between the age of 21 and 35. those guys right now are the most sensitive people on earth white guys between 21 and 35 frat bros who do the stoolies who love tucker carlson and joe rogan Okay, you piece of shit. Take, <laughs> jump out your apartment window. Look at that okay? fat face. <laughs> look how, look how happy that, look how happy that bullfrog is in the camera. Oh, oh he you nailed son it. of a bitch. He, he loved that. He oh, just nailed it at the of, end. And I also love oh, that man, for a guy who was sweet, man. I was guy. so pissed the other day, Chris. I really, Chris, Chris, if you had seen this, you would have been see Travis in your face. I was walking home and I uh, walked past a Dominican barbershop. And on their TV, in their barbershop, Joe Rogan. <laughs> and I wanted to. It's almost I was like, like, what are you doing? Get that off your TV! It's almost like you don't have to love it, but you do have to respect like there's some good interviews and stuff on there, and you don't know what the hell you're railing against, even. Fuck Joe Rogan. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. Oh, oh, a sip of coffee. Well, Joe, if you're hiring, uh, I do have a... <laughs> I have a pseudo half a credit now. I'm a detective. You might be interested in Yeah, they can work into that. <laughs> it's funny. No, it's... Chris, would you leave us for Joe Rogan? What, what's, what am I going to do for Joe? Roll his blunts? Like, what do you want me to do? Maybe. Mm. Yes, is the answer then. 
<laughs> Chris, I'm going to pay you. You ain't fooling nobody, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to pay you a modest salary to hold pads for me while I do my uh, my boxing exercises every day. Mm-hmm. Sure, Joe, whatever you need, buddy. Gardner, would you leave us for Rogan? Uh, do I have to move? Yeah, you do. No. Are you entrenched? Yeah. You're entrenched? I don't feel like going anywhere. Well, you couldn't yeah, explore. Dude, There's stuff. tunnels to explore in California. I haven't finished what I, my business here. Oh, wow. He's still got things to tend to. Mm-hmm. So you're not ready to ride off into the, uh, into the sea with I'm the not, elves yet I'm on the I'm not the a boat. person that's always looking to climb the ladder. That's just not me. That's obvious. It ain't about yeah. climbing the ladder. It's about finding something new and different and experiencing it. Travis, he went from Camo X to a podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I started. I've only been falling since. That's true. <laughs> Boy, and you've hit every rung on the way down. <laughs> every rung on the way down. No one told me to stay off that ladder. Yeah. Don't give me a modicum of success and expect something from me. And then, I mean, I don't know what I, if there's past lives. <laughs> I've done something because this are you, is cruel. Are you, are you this atoning? Is, cruel. is this life an atonement yes. for what you've done? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. I'm, Travis, I'm what paying did you, for something. Travis, what did you do in a past life to uh, make you think that uh, you are what you are now? I feel like I was a warrior for Genghis Khan. So you raped and pillaged like, a bunch of white people. No, I, I, I think I was the administrator. Like, I think I was, it was so you my said, responsibility. So you said you yeah, go kill and rape like, these hey, people. Guys, don't forget, use hand sanitizer when you go to the battlefield. <laughs> Like, I feel like that was my job in a previous life. If you listen to Joe Rogan, he's had a man named Dan Carlin on who hosts Hardcore History, and they talked about how whenever uh, Genghis would um, attack places, um, the mountains, uh, you would think there would be mountains piled up, but really it ends up just being that bones and skulls are are, are stacked that high when they would go through and just eviscerate an entire country. Yeah, we've evolved. Was that before or after one of Rogan's guests dropped the N-word? When did they do that on his show? I'm joking. Trying to turn it back. I was like, that's bad. dropped the N-word, and Rogan was like, hmm, I see your point. (laughs) Let me guess, Travis is about to drop a hashtag both sides, right? Is that what you're about to say? You're going to generalize more, you rat bastard? (laughs) (laughs) Chris Uh, Norm, right? Hey, today, today on Joe Rogan, we have on Joseph Stalin. <laughs> I don't always agree with his point of view, but, you know, it's important that we hear everyone out. How do you Joseph, argue with that well, mustache? How do you? Stalin was really good. Hey, Stalin, want this blunt? <laughs> I don't know if you heard about this, but I smoke weed. <laughs> Tell us Tra- more, Rogan. Travis, we're talking White about... smoking weed on a predominantly... Whatever. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. We're talking about different cultures here right now. Um, we have a Travu actually, that would involve another culture. I was wondering if you'd like to maybe uh, dive into that a little bit. Lahayim. Oh, boy. As we do today's review of a Jewish wedding, hit that beautiful Travu music, Gardner. It sucks! Yep, there's an open for you. There it is. That's what we do. Production quality. A Jewish wedding, eh? I went to a Jewish wedding. My lovely friend Mikey, Michelle, she uh, she got married to our longtime boyfriend of six years uh, this past weekend in St. Louis at Bissinger's. Is that them? Uh, that is not is them. Broadway. Oh. 
that is not specifically them, but thanks okay. for the photo, though. That's but Travis could have been photo. fooled because all Jewish people look the same to him. Mm. That is not true at all. Um, but this was um, a very fun event. It was a beautiful location. It was a lovely day in St. Louis. It wasn't too incredibly hot. It was warm. It was June, of course. But it was a lovely ceremony. I've known Michelle for many years now. We've worked together on several occasions and she couldn't be the nicest person in the world. Like she has to be the nicest human being I've ever met in my entire life. So it was an honor to be uh, invited to their wedding. So I made the trek from New York, uh, You're in New flew York? straight in. Hmm. Say what? You're in New York right now? Yeah. I got to keep selling that. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, Hey ma, the- take the trash out. It would have been way better in the in our scenarios if this is what caught you up as well. Be like, man, I had to drive all the way to Bissinger's from Florida. <laughs> the traffic was terrible. I mean, the flight was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a really sweet event. Um, it started off on the rooftop of Bissinger's, which oversees the Stan Musial Bridge. And the view looks off into the beautiful city. Of East St. Louis. Mm-hmm. River, river view. Had the lovely arch in the background as well. So that was really cool. And the ceremony couldn't have been nicer. Um, I love, I don't know about you guys, but I love watching the old people at weddings. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have a better appreciation for a lot of things. Uh, life, uh, living. Um, Gefilte fish. But specifically love. Like love, old people love love. And I love watching old people love love. And it was very sweet just to see her grandparents, his grandparents, to see just the older relatives just absolutely immersed in the wedding ceremony. And it was very lovely. One thing I love about Jewish weddings, and Chris, you probably get a lot of this uh, at Catholic weddings, like, is it me or the person administering the ceremony? They, this is their... Uh, Showtime at the Apollo. Man, I've been railing against this for years. I got an audience. I've been working on some material. Let me go Yale Hollander on these folks. That's, that's, well, I mean, that was very specific for the wedding that you were at, sure. Uh, I've long (laughs) since, I've long since railed against this, and it's gotten worse as I've been around more professional performers, more professional speakers more people that are the uh, apex of timing and all these things. I have become cantankerous in the, uh, as I've seen that, as I've gotten more reps in just watching some of the best people or even people on their way up. Um, it's, it's extremely annoying. I'm not saying you, there isn't a good place for a well-timed joke. I want to tell these people less is more every single time be efficient you want to throw a little quip in have at it that's good i am not their audience though so i'll give them that a couple of aunts and uncles are going to have a few giggles and maybe that's what the scale that i judge that stuff on though i've had enough shut up we need to get to the bar and uh let's let's enjoy the reception i can't stand a uh, a witty priest that takes you it's 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 so annoying to me i don't i don't mind like you have to be a showman <clears throat> You have an audience of people who have traveled all over the country. Yep. You have people who you don't necessarily have to put on a show, but I think you do have to be somewhat entertaining. And I think that's a fine balance of 
showcasing the importance of love and a relationship and commitment, honoring the scripture, and again, uh, finding levity throughout it all, especially when uh, you're young. You're, you know, marriage, of course, is very serious. At the same time, you want to live, you want to enjoy each other. So I don't mind the uh, occasional knock-knock jokes or whatever they throw in during the ceremony. One cool thing <clears throat> that I liked about this ceremony, while it, of course, had your uh, typical Jewish traditions, uh, the couple did put their, they had their own touch. Uh, there was uh, a nice little pregame uh, ceremony, if you will, before the actual wedding where, you know, people mingled and socialized over prepared drinks and food before the ceremony began. So it was kind of like a bit of a day party, cocktail party vibe to it as well. Then you had the ceremony, which was very formal, uh, very lovely. Uh, at the same time, um, very quick. You gotta remember, you're out in the sun, outdoors, and you have older people. So they were very conscientious about that. And as a brother, who um, of course comes from a community that likes to have 11 hour funeral ceremonies mm -hmm. for their celebrities, I appreciate the briefness of the ceremony. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, then, the, of course, the evening shifted, of course, after the lovely ceremony to uh, post cocktails. And my, oh my, did they have some of uh, the finest finger foods. Hmm. They had like a pork chop. It was a pork chop. I don't, th I don't think they did. I don't think Chipotle they did. aioli. At a Jewish wedding, they had pork chop. Yeah. That ain't they a Jewish a pork wedding. Chop. Yeah. For the Gentiles? Well, Jewish people don't eat, eat Jewish people don't eat pork. You lied. You didn't even go to a wedding. You we found him, Gardner. I sniffed him out. Yeah, you don't eat pork in the uh, Jewish faith tradition. Look, they don't. had pork chops, man. It was for the guests. Oh, that's fair. No, all the guests were Jewish, pal. Hmm. If you're uh, first of all, there's a million iterations of every religion, but that is surprising. And it was Was uh, it good? Yeah, they had it. That's the bottom line. It was fair. I think it was pork chop. I don't know. It looked like a pork chop. Mm. The, the lady who handed me the pork chop was like, it's a pork chop. And I was like, I right, bet. Okay. So I ate it. Well, was it, and it was good. So uh, a lot of people, when I was mingling during post-cocktail, a lot of people were yelling, eat shit, Terrell. Oh, wow. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And I was like, wow, to come back home and see that people still appreciate the type of work that we continue to put out. Yeah. Like that was very special, especially in that moment. Like I didn't realize so many of her family and friends were big fans mm -hmm. of We Are Live. So that was really cool. Did they do the horror? What's that? Did they do the horror? Yeah. Heather. Is that when they picked people Heather up on the, the chair? Yeah. Yeah, man, they did that. It was pretty dope. Like oh, people were getting right picked up on the chair. I didn't pick up no chair because I got, you know, my knees. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But I was like, um, damn, y'all got up in the chair and then they stepped on the on the glass. That was kind of cool. Oh. I was like, oh, man, I hope you got on good boots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they did do some traditional things there, like you said. Mm-hmm. All right. So and what do we do? We have, are we able to uh, yeah. assign a booty rating? We do booty ratings with well, this. Well, I was... This was a, this was a, the evening was so dope. The reception was cool where they did the dancing and the partying and the drinking before food was served, which I thought was pretty cool. Hmm. And so people were just involved, engaged. And at that point I was like, yes, 
This is a five booty wedding. Oh, oh my but God. Then, Respect that but, ass. But then. But there's more. Oh. As the evening went along, the waiters began to line up mm. and circle the entire reception. We're wondering to ourselves, what is happening? We thought it was time to go. Mm. And they walked in with a row of Emo's Pizza. Oh, boy. Oh, my goodness. A little bit of late night snack for the guests who hung around. And boy, oh, boy, did it hit the spot. And that's when the wedding went from five booties. Oh. To eight and a half booties. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Unprecedented. Respect that ass. You respect that ass. Normally, this is a one to five booty scale. Five being the best. You're giving it an eight and a half. To get respect of that ass, it has to be three and a half or greater. You are saying eight and a half. Respect that ass. My goodness. Look, they had waiter. It was an open bar, but they brought okay. the liquor to you. Oh, that's new. You didn't have to get up and go and grab liquor every time. They can bring it to you. They had a live band. And guess what? Live band. Black. Was it Charles Glenn? It was not. Oh, okay. That would have been dope. It I was actually Charles. going on during the Blues game. It was going on when the Blues were getting their ass kicked by a touchdown. So, yeah. But the evening was very sweet. I really did enjoy spending time with her amazing family and his mm-hmm. amazing family. Um, I will say I enjoyed it so much. And the, I'm sure the alcohol had a lot to do with it as well. But I enjoyed it so much where I did for at least three hours, believe that love and happiness does exist and that I, that I, Travis Terrell, could one day have some of that. Hmm. It wore off the next day once yeah. I got on the airplane and flew back to New York. But for those three hours, I did believe in love again. Wow. Oh, that is sweet and sad. And horrific. At the same time. Okay. It is revealing, though. It's nice to get into yeah. that inner you travis at times and learn. do you guys not feel that way when you go to weddings though it's, it's one thing i do love about weddings is that at least in that moment it, it the, the couple really does love each other and again i'll go on about my rants when it comes to relationships and marriage um like most single guys can but <laughs> i do think it's really cool when people do actually meet someone that they genuinely love and that even with their quirks and flaws, um, they are going to be there for them uh, for the rest of their life. And I think that is very sweet. I remember this is kind of past the wedding when my grandma and grandpa Gardner celebrated their 60th wedding anniversary before my grandfather passed away. I sat down with him as he was going through pictures, old pictures and he's showing me this and this and that and that. And I'm like, it finally, one thing hit me though. And I go, Grandpa, I have to ask this question. He's like, what's that? I go, I don't care to know anyone for 60 years. How the hell do you stay married for 60 years? And he had a very simple answer. And like, you were right, Travis. He just said, I love your grandma. He's like, it was hard. But then that quickly turned from, I love your grandma. That would tell you how I first met her. I'm like, no, it's this. He's like, we started dating, and I had a muscle car. She loved that muscle car. My friend, he had a nice, nice motorcycle. And uh, your great-grandmother liked to send her, her brother, her little brother along on our dates, you know, just to make sure nothing happened. He's like, but I got a great idea. 
He's like, I switched it up one day. My friend borrowed the muscle car. I borrowed the motorcycle. So that little brother could not go on this date with us. And I'm like, wow. what are you trying to tell me here? Is this how my father was made? What are you trying to tell me? Nice. So for a moment, like you said, there's that moment. Well, I love her. Here's how it all got started, though, no. too. No. <laughs> like, well, that's well, an I interesting turn. We can talk about the flower after it's already grown. We don't have to talk about <laughs> it being planted. Like, no, it's just, just accept the flower for what it is. You don't need to know that worms died and helped it grow. Like, that's disgusting. Go ahead, Do, do you guys think now more than ever when it comes to marriages? Like, I, I think I hear those stories, Gardner, because I hear similar stories. I heard similar stories from my grandfather and grandmother as well. And... I actually had a funny conversation with Mia about this. Let me see if I can actually pull this all together. I find it interesting when you hear those stories about how your parents or grandparents met because you didn't necessarily have the distractions that the modern couple has now. Mm -hmm. So like the modern couple now has to deal with everyone being involved in their business um people knowing maybe a little bit more about what's going on in your personal life through social media facebook's twitter and of course that element didn't exist for our grandparents so you you can actually nurture relationships also though you also discover that <laughs> old people back in the day were very easy to have separate lives <laughs> entirely yeah. separate lives yes. how they can um have a family in St. Louis and an entirely different family in St. Charles and they never meet That's and they never real. come across each other. It's just fascinating how relationships work with the evolution of just modern technology and like things that our grandparents and even our parents were able to get away with or able to accomplish in their relationships that that's not afforded to us in our relationships now. Like, do you think it's capable? Like, even as I think we fall in between because when we were younger, we didn't have to necessarily worry about social media. But now, of course, right. we do. But during that time, we actually could nurture. You could trust your partner. You could build on a relationship. Whereas now, I think if you're able to get married and love someone, I think that's a taller task because of what is put in front of you in order for you to, I guess, maintain a stable and happy relationship. Have you been seeing a therapist? What's going on here? No, it was very funny. Mia and I were talking about it when she was, uh, when she was performing at the Comedy Cellar, and mm -hmm. we were just laughing at how, yeah, we hear our grandparents tell these lovely stories of how yeah. they met, but they leave out the part where they, oh, yeah, you know, my grandparents, um, my grandfather disappeared for eight months. And then 25 years later, I discovered that, uh, you know, they had an entirely different family somewhere on the other side of the county. Like, it's just fascinating <laughs> that we, <laughs> we sometimes appropriately romanticize relationships with my yeah. grandparents. And then we also, on that flip coin, there's also a little bit more to <laughs> certain situations just, that they don't necessarily share with us. It's dangerous to romanticize anything in reality. True. Um, now you want to have a little bit of that, but also know where it's coming from. Like in sports, it's done with baseball constantly. And that can be frustrating because I'm like, you know, what? just enough. They're throwing a baseball. Okay. It's, 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 I'll also not say that complicated. I understand you're trying to get poetic with it in this and this, but in the end, yeah, right. you know what? Yeah. It, it, 
It should not impact my life at a, at a great rate uh, or else I'm probably doing something wrong if I'm that invested. I, I shouldn't say that because people have jobs because of it. I'll also say this, like you kind of get what you give or you, you pick or something like not everything has to be, don't get me wrong, there's more distractions or potential for volatility yeah. with their being online. We're all kind of unique too. Uh, not so much gardener because of how you choose to live your life, <laughs> so you would avoid this kind of stuff. But Travis, like to whatever degree that we do what we do, I think we've done a good job in the four years of being on radio, podcasts, live stuff, whatever. You keep things separate because you choose to. Don't get me wrong. There's jokes. We can throw some stuff in mm-hmm. here and there. But whether you're in our position, whether it's whatever media you want to call this, uh, or if you're just a person who overshares online – you you give you're gonna get the same energy you put out right back to you. So if you're putting a bunch of business out there all the time that's BS with your relationship, right. you're going to receive just as much blowback when things go a little south. Yeah. So and it's, and running a, running your a chosen path, you can avoid all that shit. And I know from experience on both sides. Yeah. There's no formula for it because it depends on what I mean. You are personally like I know people that have done both. You know, that involve it with their conversations on a show like this or anywhere else. And others that won't really touch it. And before he passed away, Brian Burwell would explain to me and talk to me about it was important for him to separate his family from his work. And that was very important for him until, you know, his, his dying days, unfortunately. But he explained to me why he would do it, how he would go about doing it, where he heard that from, where that was taught to him. And because, uh, I mean, look, let's face it, Brian was a high profile media personality. Mm-hmm. This, is a, this wasn't a guy who just did the, the columns here in St. Louis. Yeah. He was on the sports reporters when TV was effing TV. Yeah. Right. For cable TV. He was in Say What You Want About It. And it's because of Nelly's involvement. But he was in uh, he was in that movie, The Longest Yard. That doesn't that doesn't happen. He was in real sports. He did real sports with Brian Gumbel on HBO. Yeah, yeah. he and did he was, a lot of high profile. He was stuff. Always on the sports reporters because I had talked to you know people from there about him after after he had passed away. But I take certain conversations from people, and that was one I take from Brian was you know he had talked about how that was important to him, but he also explained that might not be for everybody, but this is why it was for him. And so if someone were to ask me. A, you know, about something in particular that I would give them the words he gave me and talk about it and see if it fits them in particular. Um, I think it's very, I think it's, I think to that point, it's very difficult to, I mean, you're right. It does come down to you showing discipline yourself, Mm -hmm. you having certain levels of restraint on social media. Again, what you show the world, as Chris said, what you put out there, but I believe there are still, so many other elements at play. There are just so many people yeah. out there who are just looking for the, even the smallest of cracks. It may not even be something that you advertently created, but you may just be mentioning how you're having a lovely brunch with your lady on a Saturday afternoon, and there's still room for enough people who know you or are aware of your work to find a way to creep into the background of what's going on in your personal life, even when you're trying not to invite it. Yeah. So I think... In this day and age, it's so difficult to maintain serious, committed relationships based on how modern technology affects that. And I think one thing that I'm sort of learning is that it had a drastic effect 
on how our parents and grandparents maintain mm-hmm. their relationships. I legitimately wonder where our parents' relationships would be in the age of today's technology. Yeah. And I'm not just speaking specifically to social media. We're talking cell phones. We're talking how many guys and girls have had the relationships blown up because of 1 a.m., 2 a.m. messages to their cell phone and the indicator pops up from a message that is completely out of context and that leads to confrontation. Like, I'm very right. curious as to if our parents and grandparents would be able to maintain that level of commitment that they had to keep if certain elements of modern technology uh, existed the way that they do now. I'm generalizing here, uh, but bear with me. I'm going to generalize by age. Like, let's think of someone who, what, what's middle age to you? Like mid 40s to 50s? Not anymore? Or the 50s? Now? I think middle age is mid Mid forties. Well, there's there's 55, the math there's 55? the math version. So we're all going to live to be <laughs> around if we're lucky, right. seventy five to ninety years old. If we're lucky, uh, and you can go even more than that now. But there's the middle age mathematically. Yeah. But then middle age is also kind of a statement, a feeling, a brand. Even. Yeah. I'm calling middle age like the early sixties now. But I'm serious. Like you got fifty year olds walking out on the street with abs and yeah. still having a good time. Like, I just think like people like in their, let's say late forties and beyond, like yeah. their, their generation was not the advent. They did not invent how social media, how technology necessarily is now in terms of their generation. Wasn't, I guess, ha- isn't handling it. Like they didn't create right. that culture. I don't know. I think I think there's a no, lot of fifty well, year olds getting caught up in people's DMs that yeah, don't really know how but to here, but here's the thing, like it's gonna be difficult for them to handle technology and relationship oh, right. because if you're saying like for a fair shake. Yeah, it's not yeah. their generation. Like and also I think people like our age, I'm gonna turn forty here this year. Like and then like you you're guys way are past in middle thirties, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, uh, I'm a borrowed time. Yeah. Um, you're like my dog that's fourteen. I'm like, baby, you've been in bonus for four I years. I think it's probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's yeah. Those those hips have been going out for a while. I think he's still getting right. up the stairs. Um, that's so horrible. <laughs> I'm glad Dr. Red's not here. Um, when are you gonna bring her in, Chris? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, I think it. it I would guess, this is me guessing and generalizing, that it's more difficult for people like around our age to deal with it because we're kind of in that, we're tweeners. We were, we're tw- like, we're part of it. We kind were passing of. notes when we were 12. Now kids are finding each other on Facebook when they're eight. Yeah, like younger, ge- like the younger generation, this is going to be in their wheelhouse and how they manage relationships with this kind of technology and stuff out there. They've kind of, they're kind of creating this. And they're going to be able to maybe adapt. I don't know. Or we could find that we're just, as a species, this ain't for us. Right. (laughs) But this is a horrific way of starting relationships. In terms of managing it, they probably have a better shot, age, better shot age-wise than other groups of ages do. Yeah. Is what I would say. Another thing, Travis. It's a long-winded, confusing way to say that, but. You guys are going to, you're going to look at me like hillbilly on this one, but you're talking about like people blowing up your spot or like you you check in and you're talking to somebody and you're at brunch and then some dude makes a comment that then spurs another issue, right? Like that's what you're thinking. Sure. Like kind of a, a person who won't admit that they're jealous or rude or something, but they're trying to stir the pot and it's probably rooted in some form of insecurity of their own, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Physical violence is your answer. <laughs> I'm not kidding one bit. If people are afraid that if they screw with you online that they're going to catch an elbow the next time they see you, they don't do that. And there is but there's that a weird flip mix. to that too, Chris. Yeah. But there's a flip to that too, and you know that more than anything. Then what happens after that? That's well, then tape, then right? you te- then, then you get to find it, out, are they happened? about that that's life or are they going to call the cops? Then you're, yeah. Exactly. So, that, again, so I'm curious, again, as to I think the way we engage each other and, and for this particular conversation, relationships, I, I'm, and, and it's nothing new. I think we've seen many reports that show that Facebook has had a direct effect on the rise of divorces in this country. Like it's, there are proven studies that show that social media has had a negative effect on marriages. Real quick, uh, hold that just point. It varies from place to place. But don't I, you I'm, think? I'm, I'm, don't you think that if it wasn't Facebook, it would be something else? I just don't want you to move off that one because I'm curious Ooh, what you that's think. that's a good question. That's a if good it question, wasn't Chris. Facebook, I... it was going to be, I saw you at the sock hop, you know? <laughs> but I think, I think the, the fact is that technology makes it so readily available for you to make a judgment on something. True. Here, and here's... what is the most judgmental thing that a person can go through is a relationship. Everyone has thoughts and opinions on your relationship, your parents, your sisters, your friends, your coworkers. And so that's one thing back in the day where people can go to their own corner of their county or city and talk about maybe you. It's another thing now where they can just simply send a text or a group chat, or they can jump in someone's DMs, or they can send out a subtweet. Like those things that didn't exist for our parents exist for us now. And so Mm -hmm. I think it does from time to time make me not question my parents' relationships. No, not that, but it makes me put it into perspective that challenges are different. Yes. And I think they're able to nurture relationships now. Like, I think you're able to like you, like if you really wanted to take someone out, you physically had to leave your place to go do it. Where now we can just simply text for like the person I recently met, you can, you can text for weeks and have a good rapport and conversation without physically having to meet each other. People take that serious growing up. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And th- but I mean, some would say, I mean, there, there's going to be arguments against that, too, that it's kind of formulatic, that it's just it's like an algorithm type of situation. You know what I mean? And, and I don't I can see parts of that argument because I, I think w- when we talk about technology and the challenge, and Chris, you said, wouldn't it be something else? Yeah, it, it could be. But I think what we're able to narrow it down with with today's world is that the challenges, especially with technology and social media, um, impact a very key component of relationships, and that's communication. It's a communication uh, medium, and it changes the way we've communicated. That's the part, I think, that is the challenge, that is dangerous, and, and that interpersonal, like, like I, we joke on the show, like, oh, Gardner will call us, or Gardner, uh, instead of texting us, you know, right? Because it's so quick and right. easy to do the text and something like that. Just anything I can make fun of you about, yeah. I, will, I will grab on. <laughs> and, and it's fine. But, but part of that is, at least for me, I try to make a conscious effort to call people from time to time because I see what just straight phone communication can do to people. Right. Like, right. it takes away... You can get real... You can escalate things real quick, text message, phone, social media. Yeah. Whereas in, in my experience and in my position, I'm going to say... I was going to say 90. I want to say 85% of people are so reasonable in real life. So reasonable. 
Because, and again, I that's know, a high ass number. I don't know, man. If you're, and maybe it's the threat. I'm not like kidding. All people. Maybe it's the threat of physical violence that you can't even. I'm yeah, serious. Well, that plays a great. huge yeah. thing. Maybe it's deep in your physiology, but yeah. Travis, you're gonna watch your tone if there's someone that you might just, even if it's a good argument, like. It's a weird thing. I we probably all do it to a degree. And if someone's speaking okay. and they're a foot f- away from you and it's measured, but you are t- discussing something that you don't love, I think you get a lot more yeah. accomplished than you would if you're behind a computer or texting. Yeah. I, and again, and I think you avoid more issues talking about things in person most of the time. Right. And I just think it's like we uh, we usually adapt or we change or evolve True. and evolve doesn't even always mean progress correct that i mean those are True. two different that's words that's good point. that may be the the smartest thing that's ever been said on this show we need to write that down immediately yeah i mean uh, it's it's that's just a, that's a good point sim- it's just simply changing like progress that doesn't necessarily coincide with progress we don't that's necessarily know that right away though and like i can't say or i i mean we we can do studies we can look at how technology has changed communication and relationships and how it makes it maybe in some cases better. And so maybe they, people have adapted to this is how they want to be. But in some cases, you know, it's not going to be an effective way to do it. Birch. I think, I, I think the, I think the way we argue uh, or we, we get into maybe like when you're in a relationship and you and your partner don't necessarily see eye to eye on something. Like I wonder if that, our parents could withstand like the 14 paragraph text message. Mm. Like, so we still kind of argue the same, but I'm trying to envision my sending (laughs) my dad, like one of those long (laughs) text messages and my dad doing what probably most men even back in the day would have done and returned with a K. Yeah. Uh, like I'll I'm tell you right now, that's how my dad texts back now. Uh, no, uh, Birch in the comments, you dick. Chris is over six feet tall. <laughs> of course he thinks people are more reasonable at yeah. first. <laughs> <laughs> You're just trying to flip this to your advantage. Yeah, exactly. Yes, very true. Hey, there's five, seven Which, dudes who could put me on my ass. Also, I can appreciate your agenda and attempting yes. to do so. Right? Yes, it's, it makes mm-hmm. sense. It's, it's advantageous. Mm-hmm. It's just my... Just my like, way of I'm not getting the upper that. hand on everybody. Yeah. Like, right. I wouldn't say what you said. Right. Because it doesn't benefit me. Oh, man. Tall white male. <laughs> Everyone's reasonable around me. <laughs> Tall white male with former anger aggression problem finds people to be more easy to deal with if they're within arm's people reach. People are very relaxed. Is this an onion headline? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a police officer it's weird when i go into a bar everyone is so well behaved tall white male who yeah. knows how to choke you the... no i said let's just... okay i get it uh i'm gonna say that and then i'm gonna have to try i'm gonna try and talk to some like 21 year old tie fighter who's just gonna knock me out after <laughs> well that didn't go as uh, as i hope okay i was wrong guys i was <laughs> wish, wrong wish we would have been texting <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to be honest. I'm all for this technique. Emojis. Just yes. Got, Hieroglyphics. Let's go that route. Just got my ass That's beat good. by a junior from Normandy. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> Not okay. Uh, guys, we've got fair foul to get to, but we also have a t-shirt to give away. I've got a random drawing here. Guys, we've got this t-shirt from by Jack. It's the St. Louis hockey support shirt. Uh, and you know what? We've got a winner. Drum roll, Travis. Okay. Oh, oh. Yo, winner, a new champion. 
Andy Coppersmith. Congratulations. Shared the stream. No preferential treatment given. No past history. Just a big fan of the show who won a t-shirt. Congratulations. Andy's, she's going to love that. She's all the way at AZ, too. So she's going to absolutely hey, love that. I did a little random thing, and uh, it worked yeah. out. So uh, congrats to her. Oh, that's cool. She's, a, she's, she's a great supporter of our show, a great supporter of us. And uh, she's all the way out on the West Coast and loves her St. Louis and loves her blues. So she'll mm-hmm. enjoy that. She's, now, ar- she's earned it. Quickly, before we get to uh, um, Fair or Foul, I, you mentioned uh, her lovely Jewish face. We did a Jewish wedding, Trevue. I wanted to point something out here involving the Cardinals. This was pointed out to me by Benjamin Hockman. Oh, there he is. There it was. Okay, so it has not, to be a Hockman story. Yeah, it's because uh, the Cardinals just got done with the MLB draft. And okay. Hockman yesterday texted me with one of the Cardinals draft picks in the round of 13, oh, no. 395th overall. Tommy Jew, outfielder. Tommy Jew, okay. UC Santa Barbara. Mm, uh, so, uh, does this mean Tommy Jew's new name is nope. Jew Baby Papa? Mm. <laughs> 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 oh, God. <laughs> no, my, uh, so, Hockman texts Ben Fred and I, and it just says, Like Me, which used to be a game we would play on the writer's block, the old radio show, Mm. a Jew like me. Mm -mm -mm. So Hockman would have to guess if they were Jewish or not. We would give him celebrities. But uh, Tommy Jew, drafted by the Cardinals in the 13th round. And then I I delicately just said, oh, now I really need to know if he's Jewish or not. That would be helpful. And then Hockman makes a joke. And I go, wait. You texted us this just so you can make a joke knowing that we can't That's what it it. was. And I'm like, you're a jerk. You're just you're just throwing this in our face, knowing we can do nothing with it, and you can do anything you want. It was truly for the jokes that he texted this information. Tommy Jew out of the Baltimore Hebrew Institute drafted <laughs> in. <laughs> I, I want to also give a, a quick. I want to give a quick shout out to uh, and and Ben Fred. I love him, uh, even though I hate him. And I want to push him down the flight of escalators. He is a but white I male do... who's succeeding in life, so that's a tool. He is. That's so a lot of feel about that. I don't. I hate seeing that. But I do want to give a shout out to the work they have done covering uh, the blues, the city. Um, those guys actually um, have gone beyond just the traditional box scores of giving us the feel-good stories from just the fans they've gone deeper they've told us they've given us so much great background and they've made this watch of the blues journey from where they started you know with house money at the beginning of these playoffs to now of course being two wins away from winning the stanley cup the coverage that uh, the st louis post dispatch has provided over the last few weeks has been incredibly impressive especially for a guy that's so far away, it's not able to be immersed into what's going on in St. Louis. And I want to say that I appreciate the job they have done, like getting the stories and covering this wall to wall. When you have a paper like the St. Louis Post Dispatch, uh, isn't it? Isn't the New York Times? Isn't the Washington Post? Uh, but so you're hoping to get the best, most quality people to be able to cover the biggest stories in your city. And the Post have been incredibly blessed to have these two gentlemen on their staff because they're writing over the last few weeks has just been exceptional. So I have to give credit where credit is due, even though I want to slap the taste out of Ben Fred's mouth Mm -hmm. every time I see his stupid hillbilly face Mm -hmm. and his dumbass mom jeans. Mm -hmm. The guy can write 
as well as anybody in this country. And Ben Fred, as we all know, a bestseller himself, has just made Twitter so much entertaining throughout this entire Stanley Cup final. It's been a it's been a lot of fun. So let them know that I I appreciate their work all the way here in New York. Yeah, I'll let them know you want to shove them down an escalator and you call them a hillbilly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'll tell them. Specifically, start with that. Yeah. I want to shove them down an elevator first. I can't show oh, real an elevator. toxic masculinity at its finest. How do you shove them down an elevator? I don't know, man. Maybe the elevator ain't there when you open the door, so you didn't okay. push them. That when would be an elevator shaft. Travis knows his way yeah. around the shaft, from what I've heard as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Guys, we'll do some fair or foul. Uh, real quick, huge thanks to all of our great sponsors. Getaway Carts, St. Louis Counseling Services, all of the great people who support us, like St. Louis uh, Pet Once West, all kinds of great people behind us. You guys, what you do is you support them because they support us. Hillside Animal Hospital, all these wonderful local companies. Uh, be sure to rock out with them. Be sure to check out uh, Stacy Statics, the Static Podcast. It was her birthday yesterday. We love having her here at Midcoast Studio. Uh, and then again, uh, a quick announcement tomorrow. We'll have Libby Higgins in studio. We'll have Bill Bellamy in studio. Tomorrow's going to be a hell of a show. Travis will be in. Maybe Tommy will be back. It'll be a party all day long. Let's do some fair or foul. What do you say, Trav? It's time for the People's Fair. Is he frozen? Or At this defining moment, change has come to America. People often ask me, what's fair or foul? Is it a segment? Is it a movement? Is it hope? I can't say for certain. Time will be a true test of its power. But I can say, fair or foul is now and forever for the people. Gather around the radio with your loved ones and hold on to your butts. It's now time for fair. We give it back to you. The people. Or foul. <laughs> did you guys see the brand new Wonder Woman poster? Mm-mm. You did post it in Friends of Wall. Oh my goodness. It is gorgeous. Oh, is that what that was? Gal Gadot. Okay. She is one fine Israeli woman. My word. Guys, we Shalom. asked you about urinal stuff ads urinal ads advertising in urinal spaces oh boy travis is looking deep into the camera Mm-mm. that's the last thing you see when you go home with him oh this is so awkward uh ten dollars to buzz's hawaiian grill food network stars buzz's hawaiian grill again huge congrats to them uh, the wall bump is undefeated that's all i'm saying uh let's kick oh yesterday you know who i talked to travis a who surprise for august are you familiar with the TV show The Righteous Gemstones? It's coming out on HBO oh. in August. Yes. Uh, Danny McBride, John Goodman, uh, Div- uh, Adam, Devine. Adam Devine. Guess who else has a recurring role in it? Who's Fr- that? Friend of the show. You know him from School of Rock on Nickelodeon. You know him <gasps> as Ozzy Osbourne in the uh, Netflix uh, Motley Crue show. T- uh, the Dirt. The Dirt on uh, Netflix, Tony Cavallaro will be playing a reformed devil worshiper in The Righteous Gemstones with Danny McBride as a regular character. I'm I'm so happy for him, and I'm not surprised at his success at all. He's a guy that um, when we first met him, you you knew, like, this. this, he just needs the time and space, and this is awesome. I didn't know he was going to be a part of this series. This series looks incredibly hilarious, and I hope this is the next step to him getting his his own show or his own big project because he's an, an, an immense talent. <laughs> I was in the groundlings. I mean, come yeah. on. Well, he's that incredible talent. 
We'll get to behind the scenes chatter about the Righteous Gemstones uh, and what it's like to work on that in August. He's uh, he's going to video in for a, a, another fun interview. So oh, nice. here we That'd go. Be fun. That'd be great. We'll ask. We asked you about uh, urinal advertising. Uh, foul. I need something to look at while I use, as Travis calls them, wall toilets. That said, this is a gender inequality issue because those that are forced to sit while they pee don't get the joys of being 10 inches away from a sign that tells them that patios has $2 jello shots on game day. Sure, maybe the women have a sign on the back of the stall door, but it's so far away that how are they supposed to know if it says $2 or $5? Forget equal pay and sexual harassment. This is the gender equality fight of the year. I'm looking at you, Kamala, Warren, and Tulsi. Make it happen. Let me guess, Travis hates Tulsi Gabbard. Huh? No, I, I don't know anything about her. I don't care to. Of course you don't. She's, she's, a, she's a Hawaiian she's woman. Warren. She's a Hawaiian woman running for president. So why would you care? Uh, and if that doesn't work, I'm taking this to the courts with my lawyer, Alpha David. <laughs> the JVL Jackal oh, weaving in and out good. as he does. I thought he was going to say Dr. It. Brad Bradshaw. He had, a, he had a commercial in the Blues game the other day, and I was like, Dr. Brad Bradshaw's got commercials in the Blues game? What, uh, what was that with these? Nice. Fair. I was on an international trip to the country of Nashville when I spotted Travis's recruiting ads <laughs> in a bathroom stall. He was offering jobs and said he had plenty of openings to fill. He also said something about a rub-off, so maybe that means there are apprenticeships where you can learn from him. Either way, it sounded pretty promising, and he guaranteed it would be a good time. Black to the future says so. That's from Black Sheep. Yeah, I knew it. He always knows how to cut real deep into Travis. Foul, but let's address this elephant in the room. You like that Isabel song? Uh, urinal ads is a topic for the esteemed segment Fair Foul. Urinal ads? Really? Sigh. TT's pink eye rubs forehead. What are we finishing the week out with? Bread ties have ruined America's world power. Are push mowers better than self-propelled? Prince's Purple Rain? And for the last one, that last one, yes, yes, that is the best effing guitar solo and outro ever. <laughs> Purple Rain, MF first, TT's pink eye. Finally. Urinal ads, foul! I love Mark Marin, I love helium, but the ad for Mark Marin above the urinal at helium is weird because it's like he's giving you the most disapproving look. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough stress peeing in public. That's from the great Tom Brown. Oh. I'm oh. voting for Tom. Gardner? Uh, Travis, you go first. I'm going with Tom. Tom. I'll give it a sweep then. Sweep for Tom Brown. Congratulations. The steely-eyed stare of Mark Marin has won him $10. I can visualize Buzz's that. Hawaiian Grill. Tom can use that and uh, go visit Buzz where he's at today. I believe they're filming again for Food Network 2 to 8 p.m. or something like that. It's just so cool to see all this happen. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in today. Thanks to all of you that shared. Congrats to Andy. She won a t-shirt from By Jack. Thanks to everybody else. Great work today. We're back tomorrow live at 8 a.m. with Libby Higgins, Bill Bellamy, and the like. See you guys. Peace.